Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Wednesday, January 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today. It is now clear that there is a route that can secure a substantial and sustainable majority in this House for leaving the EU with a deal. MPs vote to send Theresa May's Brexit deal back to Brussels. Apple tries to strike an upbeat tone despite the continued fall in iPhone sales. While luxury goods group LVMH isn't feeling the pain from the Chinese slowdown just yet. Then the FT's Andres Scapani takes us to Brazil, where a recent dam collapse at an iron ore mining facility has killed dozens of people. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hello, I'm Henry Mance. I'm political correspondent at the Financial Times, reporting from Westminster on Brexit. Today, the big news at Westminster really is that Theresa May, the Prime Minister, has agreed that her Brexit deal isn't good enough. She's been pushing it for a couple of months and she's finally said, right, the opposition is so much that we not only have to get reassurances or additional legal documents, we need to go to the legally binding withdrawal agreement itself, the thing that all the EU heads of state signed off on, and we need to get changes to that. Now, that's been a key demand of Eurosceptics who want a a firmer line, particularly on what's called the backstop, the mechanism for avoiding a hard border on the island of Ireland. And Theresa May's resisted them. She said that if you reopen this withdrawal agreement, then the EU leaders might come after Britain's fishing rights. They might come after us on other issues. But she relented. She admitted that Parliament was not going to accept the deal in its current form. This was actually just the sort of the prelude to a, a sort of big day of drama at Westminster, where we had a series of votes also on Theresa May's Plan B. Prime Minister didn't do as badly as she normally does, or has done in, in recent history in these votes. She She won six out of seven, which um, I think she would have taken at the start of the day. And most importantly, MPs said, if you go and renegotiate the withdrawal agreement in the way you're promising, then we're going to be in favour of it. So they they voted in favour of a vague amendment saying we want an alternative to the backstop, the controversial mechanism. What else did MPs vote for? Well, crucially, they voted to reject a no-deal Brexit. Theresa May has refused to rule out the possibility that Britain will leave the EU, even if it hasn't got a deal in place on March 29th. MPs voted by a margin of 318 to 310 to reject that, but they didn't vote in favour of amendments that would have given legal teeth to that view. So they didn't vote for any mechanism that would stop the government from taking Britain out of the EU without a deal. It's really a holding pattern at Westminster today that Theresa May has bought herself a bit more time, but she still has to go to Brussels and convince EU leaders to do what they've ruled out doing previously, which is renegotiating this deal. So it's very possible that we could be back here in a couple of weeks on more knife-edge votes um, and more problems for the Prime Minister. Apple chief executive Tim Cook insisted on Tuesday that iPhone's future remained bright. This was in spite of the company's forecast that a slide in the sale of devices would continue in the short term. Earlier this month, Apple shocked investors by warning that sales for its holiday quarter would miss its previous estimates. Because iPhone sales were hit by a downturn in Chinese consumer spending and a slower pace of phone upgrades around the world. But quarterly revenues and net income came in better than Wall Street had feared, and the iPhone maker's shares rallied by more than 5% in after-hours trading. Revenues for the three months ending in December were down by 5% from the same period a year ago to $84.3 billion. Net income fell half a percent to $20 billion, and in the current quarter, Apple is expecting a drop in revenues of up to 10%. 
But Mr. Cook stressed the strong prospects for Apple's services business in helping to offset the iPhone's sales slump. French luxury goods group LVMH announced record 2018 sales and profits on Tuesday. The owner of Louis Vuitton, Dior, and Moet Champagne says its fast-growing Asia business has yet to be affected by the Chinese economic slowdown or the U.S.-China trade war. Net profit for the year rose 18% to 6.35 billion euros, and that's up from 5.36 billion in 2017. Sales rose 10% to 46.83 billion euros. Earlier this month, the FT reported that the sales at rival Richemont were up 10% in the Asia-Pacific region in the final quarter of 2018. But protests in France dragged on the company's earnings. The luxury groups appear to be in a wait-and-see mode on whether, if not when, their shoppers in Asia will start to feel the effects of a sluggish Chinese economy. LVMH finance director Jean Giacchioni said luxury good consumers tend to be affected more by sudden shocks than gradual changes in economic conditions. And for a closer look at a story we're following, we go to the FT's Brazil correspondent, Andres Scapani. He spent the last few days in a town called Brumadinho. Brumadinho is a town in the in the state of Minas Gerais. This is a relatively small town that lives of two things, essentially, mining and tourism. It's quite a sleepy town, or it was so until last Friday. Sueli is desperate to hear from her husband, who hasn't been seen since the disaster. An estimated 300 people are still missing. On Friday at lunchtime, a tailings dam, that is a dam that was holding waste from an iron ore mine, collapsed, sending down millions and millions of tons of, of mud and, and waste into the mine's administrative facilities. And it hit the refectory where employees and contractors were having lunch and also some nearby communities. There are almost 300 people still unaccounted for. And when I landed there on Saturday, the search was fully underway with dozens of helicopters and hundreds of firefighters. But, I mean, the search was hampered by by heavy rains and deep mud and because a second dam was at risk of breaching. The death toll right now is at 65 people, but they're still searching for more, for more survivors. Although, I mean, firefighters have told me that the fates are, are hoping, I mean, as, as, as time passes. I went to the outskirts of, of Brumadinho, to an area that was actually being evacuated by firefighters because the second dam was a risk of, of breaching us. And as we were driving up the hill with some colleagues, uh, there was this crying man who stopped the car asking if we, if we could take him to another area called Parque da Cachoeira. I mean, his name was Fernando Nunes Araujo and he was desperately looking for his brother. This is a country where we have no value. Only politicians have value. We are nothing in Brazil. A country that took my brother to death. So how and, and why did this accident happen? Do we know yet? No, we don't know the cause of, of why this happened yet. I mean, this is still under investigation. The dam belonged to a company which is called Vale which is the world's largest iron ore producer. You have to keep in mind that this is the second tragedy involving Ballet. In 2015, another one of their dams failed and killed 19 people. So people are understandably angry at the company. 
Has Vale done anything to ensure that these disasters won't keep happening? Well, the chief executive of Vale, uh, his name is Fabio Schwarzman, said on, on Sunday in Brumaginho that there's only one solution to, to prevent further accidents. And I quote, we have to go beyond any standard national or international. We're going to create a security cushion that is far superior to what we have today. But honestly, to many, it's already too late for that. And in Brumadinho, people are calling Vale a murderer. Wow. What kind of repercussions is Vale facing? Well, Brazil's prosecutor general said on Monday that Vale needed to be severely punished when it came to paying compensation to, to victims and also said executives could face criminal charges. A day later, authorities arrested employees and engineers who were allegedly involved in, in the dam burst. But Vale is also facing fines, class action lawsuits in the US. Courts in Brazil have already blocked almost, I think, $3 billion of its assets to pay for the damage. It has been either downgraded or placed under review by credit rating agencies. And on Monday, its shares listed here in Brazil had the worst day for more than a decade. So it's not looking good. And how has the Brazilian government reacted so far? Well, uh, last year, a congressional commission concluded that only 3% of Brazil's 24,000 plus dams were checked every year, and more than 3,500 are regarded as being at risk, and over 700 of those present at high risk of potential damage. I mean, not all of them are mining dams, but still. The government said this this week that they will start checking those at risk and tighten controls. And the president's cabinet chief made it clear that the government is only a shareholder of the company and it created an emergency cabinet to, to handle the, the crisis. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be watching Washington, where members of the Federal Reserve's policy setting committee are meeting. The Fed is expected to hold rates steady after raising them in December. It's also a big day in U.S. earnings, with Boeing and McDonald's giving a sense of global economic strength. And in the afternoon, we'll hear from Silicon Valley heavyweights, Facebook, Microsoft, and Tesla. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 